Hello and welcome to the Next in Line podcast where we are helping to prepare you for whatever is next in line. As always, I am your host, Chance Pitts, and I'd like to thank you for tuning into this episode. Guys and gals, welcome into another episode of the podcast. I'm very excited to share this one with you here. It's a podcast and interview that I've been hoping to get done for a long time, um, and it finally came to fruition, got the schedules lined out and all that good stuff. So in a minute, I will have you in here listening to the conversation between Chris Barnes, one of my great mentors uh, and friends in this fitness realm. We really push each other uh, to get to that next level in every aspect of life. Um, But we'll get into that conversation in just a second. First, let's take care of the housekeeping, guys. If you receive value from this episode or any other episode of the Next in Line podcast, I would ask that you share the show with like-minded individuals who could receive the same kind of value. That's the number one way we're going to grow and reach a larger audience. And guys, in effect, when we reach a larger audience, we're able to help more people. Now, along with that, guys, you can follow us on social media. That's at Next in Line Development on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We'd love to have you there. If you have any questions, you can shoot us a DM there as well. A reminder, we are starting 75 Hard as a group. I've got about six people signed up to do so. On the 16th, uh, we're going to have a little... Facebook group or group message that we're going to start on there so we have direct access to each other so we can check in, uh, follow any questions, any tips, any problems that somebody might have we can help out with there. So if you're considering doing that, don't hesitate to reach out. It's a great time to get started. It's a great time to really spring into your personal development journey now. So guys, like I mentioned, Chris Barnes is a great mentor and friend to me. We talk about a lot of cool stuff from self-discipline, diet, healthy habits, making big changes in your life, ultra running, and even some career type scenarios. So guys, without any further ado, here's my guest today, Mr. Chris Barnes. All right, so I'm here with Chris Barnes. Uh, He's a mentor to me, a great friend. Um, He's been a huge influence on me throughout my personal development journey, especially on the physical side as well, uh, but also within my career. Um, Chris, welcome to the Next In Line podcast. Hey, man. How's it going? Man, it's going good. Uh, Had a good session today, working out. Did about three miles and a good back and pool workout. Uh, Followed by probably my favorite part of it. I don't know how you felt about it, but that cold plunge. Yeah, that was the best. Yeah. Ice cube for yeah, sure. It's yeah. a little different getting, yeah. getting acclimated to it. Um, keep the cold plunge about 42 degrees or so. So it's always really enjoyable. Um, but man, I described a little bit about you and kind of who you are to me as a person. Um, obviously, you've been hugely supportive in everything I've done, including this podcast and uh, the movement I'm trying to do and, and just even the ultra running we've done. But right. Can you tell everybody that doesn't know just a little bit about yourself, what you're into, what your uh, goals are, kind of what your what your main focus is in, in this whole personal development space? Yeah, for sure. So pretty modest beginning for me, right? Started in a small town, you know, like everybody else. Um, played all the sports in school. Went to college, stopped playing sports, started drinking beer, started eating pizza. You know, that was, uh, that was the sport. Um, you know, made my way through college, made my way to work, started putting on weight like everybody else, you know, wasn't really worried about working out somewhat got into fitness, but still kept eating, eating my way around it, you know, no matter what we did. And it was, you cannot train a bad diet. I know everybody hears that, um, bring COVID around, you know, you, you stretch along there, but you bring COVID in and then you're looking at drinking every weekend, you know, you're, you're eating whatever you want because everybody was in this panic state, but it was kind of like a free for all that you just got to do whatever you wanted. So about six months into that, you know, I found myself on the bad side of it, probably about 285 pounds. Um, 
went from there. Had a, a friend of mine and a neighbor. We actually started talking about the 75 hard program, which you've talked about in this podcast multiple times. You know, we went that route, uh, did it the first time, knocked it out 75 days straight, and I just stayed on it. I, I held on to it, played it close. I mean, I, I did phase one right after. Um, I continued the not drinking, and then, you know, I, I took a little break for a bit just to kind of reset myself. I found that I was maybe taking it too far, you know, maybe becoming unhealthy. But, you know, the things that did stick with me was the working out twice a day, the, you know, maintaining the discipline to be conscious of what I was eating. But, you know, some things came back to me a little more easily than others. I would say like the drinking, you know, that, that was probably an easier one to come back to me. But I will attribute a lot of the, the program uh, really to what I wanted out of it. You know, I got the, the knowledge from the books that I read, you know, I mean, the Babin books, the, you know, James Clear's Atomic Habits. Absolutely. Um you know, books of that nature and what it got me interested in and how it progressed me through my personal career and how it helped me, you know, at the time you were working for me whenever I did this, you know, and the way it helped me as a manager, you know, reach to you guys a little better and and be a little more understanding on how we did things and maybe even change your perspective on how you looked at things for your guys. Cause again, if I'm leading you right, then you're leading your people right. And we're, we're moving on down the road. Absolutely. But man, I work a nine to five job. uh, Well, probably a seven to seven job. Uh, in an office, but I always make time for, for me, you know, me and mine. So, yeah, no, you have to. And it's, it's cool that you brought that up. Yeah. I worked for you for a while there and it was definitely, um, not just on the fitness side and the health side, uh, a huge kind of thrust into that, uh, personal development space and, and really taking the time to start working on myself. But you're exactly right. Seeing right. the change with you, seeing the way you approach leadership differently, um, and just kind of the care you had for the people that were around you was something huge that made me want to start this journey myself. And that, like I said, you've been a huge mentor and an influence for me there. Um, you talked about making the change and when you made the change and kind of around it. But is there any one moment that really struck you or, or made you pull the trigger on finally doing it? Because I, I assume you're probably like me. You probably saw the signs for a while. You probably decided that it's something you needed to do, but there was times you, you started to do it and then you'd fall off or you just didn't have the motivation or the, the right. drive or the intent. Is there one time or one moment or one thing that struck you? Man, I wouldn't say there's any one in particular time. I, you know, it's, I, I listened to the Frisella podcast with, uh, James Lawrence, the iron cowboy. Oh yeah. And man, it, you know, the guy talked about his toenails falling out in, in day 14 and it was just like unbelievable to me. The, the feats that this guy could do, you're right. It was, it was what this guy was putting himself through. You know, one of the quotes, and I can't recall where it's from, but it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's tough to get up every day and it's tough to go, you know, go run in an ordinary amount of miles or go work out at the gym or something like that. But it's also tough to get up and look at yourself in the mirror sometimes, you know, and I think that, you know, starting that was kind of that thing. It's kind of looking at myself thinking, you know, do I want to be a size 40 pant size? You know, do I want to be a two or three X shirt for the rest of my life? Is that, is that what I want to do? And maybe that's vanity, but it's also how much better can you be? You know, I've, I, at that time I was 32, you know, it's like I'd spent 32 years doing pretty much whatever I wanted. And now that's all come to a head, right? It's like, this is what you look like. This is the product of 32 years of doing what you wanted. So now what do you want to do? How do you want to change that? you know, and it's, I think for a personal side, it was, I wanted to get ahead and it's like, well, you know, and it, it all starts with your mind. I mean, everybody will tell you, right. It starts, you, you've got to be healthy just as well mentally as physically. Right. And so the physical was just a plus side of the program of the 75 hard program, you know, that led to this, but 
I mean, really the mental aspect is just what gets you right. You'll never always be motivated, but you can always be disciplined. And that's the thing, right? It's a, it's taking your food with you. It's taking your, you know, you're missing out on some things, but what are you really missing out on? You're investing in what you're doing. You're investing in what you want to do. And there is some selfishness to that. And you can, you can attest to that. You know, I mean, our, our significant others have put up with a lot, you know, for us to go run these long races or, you know, they're up early to go to these races or travel with us or, you know, getting out of bed at four o'clock in the morning on a Saturday so I can make a run so I can go hang out and work out and do this show. Or, you know, it's, there's a lot of understanding that goes with that, but also there's a lot of selfishness that you have to decide to take to, to obtain what it is that we do, you know, what it is that you want to do. If you want to, if you want to fly to the moon, well, that's going to take some work. You know what I mean? I mean, so you don't want to, you don't want to hold yourself back, but I guess, you know, to really talk around all the way to that situation, like the question that you asked is what made me decide to do it was, you know, that podcast with James Lawrence and hearing what that guy was capable of. And, you know, he had a reason for doing that. You know, my reason was different than his, his was to raise money for charity. And, you know, he was going through all these things of of going broke. Um, his mortgage company, I think was going out of business. Um, it was 2008 crash. Um, yeah, he talks about answering the door with his wife and kids there yeah. to the repossession. Yeah, yeah, the people that are foreclosing on his home, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's, you know, and so to me, I guess, I guess the the halfway through the pandemic, that was my foreclosure. I guess you could say, right? That was that was my light. It was like, okay, you have now drank your own, ate your way through this. Like, now what are you gonna do? And and again, I, I attribute it to my friend uh, Kyle Rogers. You know, I mean, honestly, he told me about it. He said, man, I think you should listen to this. I want to do it. I think you'll want to do it too. And I listened to it, and I started it the next Monday. I may have listened to it on a Friday, and the next Monday, I was I was in it. And two weeks later, he was in it with me. You know, so. I think having that person there too, you know, your, you know, your friend, your, your blood brother to go with it, you know, that's, that's a big thing, right. And having you go with it, you know, and it's knowing that you have other people out there that you're influencing with your decisions, uh, that make it, make it what it is, right. It's, you know, so many people and I mean, you could probably talk to it more than I could, you know, think of how many people you've influenced to go do it, myself included, to go do these ultra runs, right? The first time you ran, you know, a fifty K, I was like, what in the world is a fifty K? Yeah. You see ten K on the back of people's cars and you think that's enough, but you know, fifty K, I didn't know that existed, honestly, until you did one. You know, and now I've I've done two, right? And I've done two in a, a team race, you know, for hundred miles and things like that. You know, we've been right there. Um you know, it's just, it, it's amazing what you can accomplish. And I think that, you know, it, something that you can ask yourself that I started asking myself was one, why give yourself a reason not to be the best version of yourself every day. And two is you have no idea what you're capable of until you truly push yourself past that, that threshold that, you know, and people talk about the pain cave and, and going to dark places and things like that. Call it whatever you want. You can call it happy day if you want, but you got to find where you want to go and you have to push beyond that. And I think it's so impressive what you're capable of, you know, working out two or three times in a day for an hour each, you know, it's, it's, it's pushing yourself when, you know, two years ago, you may have been on the couch eating Cheetos, you know, it's just, it's things like that that you don't, you don't really take into account until you're here doing it. You know, I mean, probably never in your life before this, you probably never thought you would be waking up to run 15 miles just because, right? Yeah. No, no idea that would have happened. Yeah. You know, and it's, and I, it's, it's actually a funny story. I told my dad one day, I said, man, if you'd have told me a few years ago that I would wake up and run 15 miles a day, I never would have believed you. And he said, he came back with, yeah, that's why I never told you that. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's, it's things like that, but it's having that support, you know, it's, it amazes people what you can do that, you know, when you tell them you ran 30 miles, you say, I ran 30 miles. People are like, well, you know, of course you get the the usual suspects, like what was chasing you, you yeah. know, things like that. Well, you know, 
Yeah, if you if you see me running, you better run too. Right, know, right. Those. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess a lot of us can say that obesity was chasing us. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I was getting away from it. So exactly. Yeah. Man, no, that's that's really cool, and it's funny you say that as we as we do this podcast and sit here. My dad's out running thirty three miles right now. Yeah, so exactly. It's, just, it's cool to see. It's cool to see the sphere of influence that you have, all the people that you can impact, um, and really just understanding what you can do when you put your mind to it and for you sure. set the excuses aside. That's one of the biggest ones for me. Um, and on that topic, you talked about having a nine to five job. You've got other right. commitments as well. Um, and one of the biggest excuses I run across with people is I don't have enough time. Yeah. And you talked about 75 hard. I think the biggest lesson that came to me out of 75 hard was understanding time management and the discipline that surrounds it. Right. Um, so how do you balance? I, you've got all these workouts you do. You've right. become an ultra runner. You've run two fifty K's now, right. um, work out like crazy. You're in incredible shape. Yes, so how do you balance that nine to five job, all these other obligations you've got, the workouts, uh, making sure you stay on your diet plan, because there are so many people out there that see it as a huge hindrance, a speed bump in right. the road that's going to stop them from getting where they want to go. And so just, could you speak on that a little bit? Sure. You know, I think that, you know, I was one of those two. I mean, there was the days that it would be raining and you wouldn't go into the gym because it was raining. You know, it's just like, ah, it's raining today. I don't want to go, man. I, you make the time, right? I mean, on days that I needed to be somewhere by seven, I'd get up at three, you know, on days that I need to be somewhere normal time. I get up at four, you know, we start at five or whatever you make the time for what's important, you know, and that's, that's the same for true and in, in personal life, you know, with family and things like that, right? You, you find time for things that are important to you. Um, and again, it goes with the selfishness, you know, I mean, it's, you're out there running 10 miles on the night of Christmas, you know, you're, you're out there getting that last workout in, you know, before Thanksgiving dinner starts, you know, it's, uh, really I find time I, I get started before work and I get it in after work, you know, and I get antsy, you know, I mean, it's, I, I miss it. If I, if I start to miss a workout or I get close to, you know, not in my normal groove of what time I'm going to work out, I, I get, you know, I get anxious about it because I, I like being in my schedule. I like being in the fold. I mean, it's been, it's been going on three years now. I mean, you're right there, you know, an interesting, it, it's addictive. And, you know, you and I were talking to some link today while we were running because we were running very fast, you know, you just got to. You can chat. That's right. So, so you know, I was a book I'm reading right now is called Meathead by Allison Berger, or Berger, I believe, um, and it talks about the serotonin release of exercise versus serotonin release of doing a hard drug or an alcohol or something like that. You know, and and what's interesting, they found a study in hamsters that if there's a free spinning wheel and alcohol in the same cage, the hamster will choose the wheel over the alcohol, and the reason being is that it can get the same serotonin level from the run as it can from the alcohol. That's but, interesting. Yeah. But if you lock the wheel, it'll drink the alcohol. Right. They also said that, you know, and I mean, a lot of people out there listening probably attest to it, you know, that work out regularly. Um, they also put in there that whenever the hamsters couldn't work out, like if they locked the wheel and there was no alcohol, that they would be meaner throughout the day. Like they go to clean the cage and the hamster would be meaner. So it, it's a pretty interesting read. I'm, I'm still in it. Um, but it is interesting to hear that, you know, that's how they make that comparison. And, and I myself can say, it's like, why can I not stop working out? Why do I keep, why do I keep pushing? Why do I feel bad if I don't make it to a workout? So, you know, and, and yourself included, right? It's like, absolutely, you, you feel off, you know, something doesn't feel right. So uh, to think that there's not alternatives, you know, and that's, there are, but the, the reason I'm getting to that is I wake up in the morning and I have to go get miles, you know, and there's mornings that I'll wake up and my wife wakes up when my alarm goes off at four o'clock and says, ah, oh, just stay here a little longer. I was like, I can't. And then I'll say, why am I the way that I am? And I'll get up and take off. 
you know, and it's just, it's things like that, that, but she pushes me. She knows she's like, Hey, get up. You got to go run. You know, it's like, it's a mood change for me. It's, it's good for me and it's good. And I think that a lot of people will find that if you haven't started working out early and if you have time to work out early, if you can make the time is that your attitude and your mood changes so much more throughout the day. I, I find that I'm a more consistent person throughout the day by starting early than I do if I miss it. Like if I'm off or I can't go run or something like that, if my, my routine changes in the morning, then the rest of my day is kind of off. Absolutely. Uh, um, I'm the same exact way. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a thing that has become natural to me and, and, but really finding the time is it's easy cause I want it, you know, it's easy. And, you know, just to tell everybody out there, you know, I don't have any children. I have two dogs, you know, but, but nonetheless, I mean, I don't have as much commitment as other people, but you can tell you can't tell me your kids aren't sleeping at four o'clock in the morning, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's time in the day for what you want to have time for in the day. Absolutely. And that that's with anything. It could be your, your hobby. If you play video games, even something like that, or, or whether it's working out or, or even paying attention to your finances, trying to do some investing, whatever it is, there's, there's time in the day. And from the outside looking in, if you're somebody looking to get into fitness or health or get control of that side of things, what Chris is talking about here might sound a little extreme, right? You might sound like one of the outliers, but like you talked about earlier, I mean, how much did you weigh whenever all this started? I was 285 in June of 2020. And how much are you at now? Probably about 223. You, you were this average everyday person just like everyone else out there that right. has the same mindset you discussed it you talked about it right. at length and this isn't anything that's outside of the norm it everybody has that self-consciousness they have that urge they don't wear super tight clothing if they're big because they're right. afraid of what other people will think those are natural little draws to tell you that hey maybe there's something here maybe we need to start looking at this and that's where some of this started for guys like you and me right. and you get to the point of where you really want to take it to the next level once you're in there, but you have right. to build that structure. You have to build the mentality. And that's what has gotten Chris Barnes to where he's at. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And that's, that's huge, man. You alluded to being an ultra runner. Um, <laughs> man, do you want to talk about the couple of races you've done recently? I know there's one you'd love to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think you mean the Dana Peak that yeah. I was a top ten last you were, year. Oh, you were top ten at yeah, that race. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know. You have, this is the first time you've told it's me. Tough for you to hear. I know. That's right. What didn't you run that race? Yeah, for those of y'all that don't know, I ran <laughs> Dana Peak uh, about two weeks after I ran my first fifty k, uh, which is not very smart for those yeah. of y'all out there that know anything about running. Um, and I wound up kind of tore up, couldn't run anymore after 18 miles, uh, gritted it out. I think I ended up doing like an eight hour time, which is two hours slower than what Chris did. Of course. Uh, now mind you, I couldn't walk for about half the race, but yeah, you know what? All is fair in love and war. Barnes <laughs> beat me. Uh, top 10 finish for him as well. Well, um, we got that recorded. That's yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. Regardless if I was in, <laughs> I was in second place for over half the race of the yeah. one I ran, but uh, not, neither here nor there. Not, not at the end, deal. though. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But on a serious note, those, <laughs> those races that you've done, because you did the Coyote Trail Run. Yep, in Cleburne, uh, correct. In Cleburne, Texas, uh, which was extremely challenging for Absolutely. anybody. Absolutely, man. It was unbelievable. It was, you know, so we I started with that one. Uh, me and a buddy of mine, uh, Ty McFarlane, we actually we decided to do that. He did the half. He did the 25K. Um, went out there. It was actually, I think it ended up being almost 6,000-foot elevation change, which wasn't really considering that, you know, I, I, I took that in, but I thought, okay, 6,000 elevation. It's not like it's one climb of 6,000 feet, right? It's over, it was over four loops, I believe total. Yep. Um, 
but once you got out there, it was a pretty, pretty rough terrain. I mean, so it was in Cleburne, which is, uh, Johnson County. So it's, it's somewhat kind of like hill country type terrain. It's real rocky, real, a lot of shell rock, a lot of broken off shell rock. Um, man got out there, made one lap, thought, all right, we're doing okay. I was probably a little over an hour on the first lap. Got out there, made the second lap. You know, this is my first run. Never, I hadn't run any further than 13 miles at this point. I'd done a half marathon up to that point um, and some other small races. But made the second lap, came in hot, and uh, I came in pretty upset. Man, I came in, I sat down. I, I couldn't I couldn't fathom what was going on. I actually texted you, if you remember. You did. Yeah, I said, man, I, I don't think I can do this. I can't go on. He asked if I was hurt. I said, emotionally. <laughs> Um, I sat there for a little longer, you know, I drank some water. Uh, I think the total break I had there was probably about seven minutes. I think I sat there, um, just kind of honestly had a freak out. And I think a lot of people have gone through it, yourself included. You Absolutely. Know, you, yeah. you have that point in the race, you know, we're one of these first couple ones where you don't know what to do. You don't know where you're going. You don't know why you're doing this. You know, there's a lot of questions you have to answer to yourself. You know, I, I remember sitting there with my wife and saying, you know, I'm pretty sure my feet are bleeding. Um, I don't know why I came out here. I said, I wasn't ready for this by any means. Like I, I literally got in my head so bad that I was prepared to say, no, I was going to hit stop on the watch, tell the people, the race director that I, I DNF, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this. This is nuts. Um, got the text from chance back that said, that's something that fat Chris would say. Um, (laughs) and then I put the phone back in my bag. I stood up, I walked in a couple circles and I took off. Um, Ended up coming in middle of the pack. I think I was like 17 out of, I think there were 70 or so people in that race. So not a bad finish. It was not a, at all, but, but it was a really rough race. I mean, it was over eight hours and I was, I think the finish, the, the fastest was maybe five hours. So again, it was still to come in 17th out of that many in that terrain. Like it, it was a testament to how bad it was, but I was still grossly underprepared. I was not ready for that race by any means. Um, not, not coming off of it. In my mind, it was, I've ran 13. I can run 30, which is entirely true on flat ground, but yes. you know, I wasn't ready to go rock climbing that day. Um, transition a little further, you know, I, I said, man, never again. I, I can remember riding in the van back to the car and telling Mel as the people were talking about, actually there was a guy in there talking about going to do the Leadville that year, uh, last year. He's like, I'm, I'm qualified for Leadville. I'm going to it. And, uh, I told Mel, I can't believe that there's people that are going to do more of these things. This is unbelievable. Uh, that was March or April of, of 21. And then, um, 22, I'm sorry. Um, and you know, and then you fast forward a little bit, chance is talking about doing a hundred mile race and, uh, we get to looking into it and I, man, I said, you know what, I'm not going to do it on my own, but I'll sign up with a team. We had a guy, a group of five guys that nothing's from nowhere, which I think you gave us a shout out on your post race podcast. Yes, sir. Um, you know, and we, man, we, we went out there five, five guys that just like to run on the weekends and we took third place out of 11, you know, it was a, it was an all-around team effort that was pretty outstanding. I'll say. I mean, we went out there to to we went out there to prove a point. You know, like we can do this. Uh, you know, and it's those guys that I ran with. You know, two of them are my neighbors and friends, and the other two I grew up with. And it was just a group of guys that you wouldn't expect to be running. We probably had a thousand pounds as a group on all the other runners. You know, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, so we we did that, and I was I was prepared to take on the bulk of that. I was ready to run. Um we did that, but I will say that it kind of left me unfulfilled. You know, we got done, we finished, drove home. It took us somewhere in the neighborhood, I think 14, almost 15 hours to run that race, drove home. We were up for 24 hours, you know, total, uh, spent a few days recovering, started running again, probably about four days or so, you know, slowly. Then, uh, then I found the 50 K for the Dana peak run, you know, and it was like, 
I, I had worked out, you know, I mean, I worked out every day last year, at least twice a day, like never missed, never faltered. Um, and a lot of miles I, I clocked over, you know, you and I talked about, I clocked over 1500 miles last year and, and none of those, I would say, I would say on one hand, you could probably count how many miles were probably slow. You know I mean? It was, there was a lot of pace push. Um, oh yeah. You were putting in the work. So I went in there to the Dana peak and I told everybody I'm going to win this. Like I am running this race to win this race, you know, and that was going into it blind. You know, I talked to you some about elevation and, and what, what I could expect, but until you're out there in it, you don't know what to expect. Yeah, it, you found a race that was equally as hard, right. if not harder, than the first race you did, yeah. which was a very challenging. Yeah, and it was kind of a game. thing I wanted to prove it to myself. It was a, it was a, it was a. Let's go back and try again without having to do the the coyote run again. Yes. Um, you know, we went out there, took off uh, first twelve miles pretty flat, but man, we were cruising. There was probably about ten of us in a row. We we're all trotting along pretty good, seven-ish mile pace, seven-minute pace, and then. Uh, then we got into the technical stuff, you know, after about mile 11 or so, I thought, wow, this is, this isn't so bad. And somebody behind me said, yeah, this, I don't even consider this part of the race. And I was like, oh, well, so I bought my time on early. Um, I, I changed my race strategy on as far as, uh, hydrating on this one. I didn't carry a pack. I carried two 10 ounce water bottles. Um, so I had to be strategic, right. With my, with my drinking. And that's anybody who's going to get in ultra running, you know, you have to figure out what works for you, how much water you can take, how much food you can eat, you know, what works with your stomach, what works with digestion. You know, I will say that first race I did, I didn't, I maybe ate one, one stinger goo one time that I was practicing running. And after that I was like, I'll figure it out. I'll eat when I'm hungry. Well, that's not the way to do it by any means. No, no. <laughs> yeah. You get behind, you're in a bind Absolutely. really, really quick. Yeah. You get behind and you're, you're behind. There's no catching up cause you're still burning. Yeah. Um, man ran the Dana peak. I felt good pretty much the whole race. I started cramping some, uh, there was a couple of, uh, issues where the aid stations weren't where they said they were going to be. And I got a little low on water. I, I, I kind of laugh at this now, but I'll tell you, there was, they sent out about four emails saying that the furthest aid station would be about six or seven miles apart. Um, I was standing around before the race, you know, by myself, I was just hanging out getting ready, getting in the zone for it. And, uh, some guys had said, Hey, yeah, you hear about the, uh, the aid station that's six miles away. I said, yeah. And then everybody kind of chuckled. I said, man, if you're out here and you can't run six miles without needing a drink, then you probably shouldn't be out here. Well, I can tell you that aid station was exactly 6.19 miles away. And I can tell you that because I was looking for water by the time I got there. <laughs> so, you know, I was, I was ready, but I wasn't ready for, for everything, you know, and once you've already run, that was, the, I think that was mile 19 by the time you got out there. So, I mean, I was pretty gassed and I was trying to move pretty well. Um, uh, Man, finished that up, and honestly, I it, I think you and I talked most of my drive home. I had a three-hour ride home from there. I drove myself back, you know, but I, you know, I felt so I felt fulfilled from that race. You know, it was very much a a tear you down, and, and a lot of these ultra races will tear you down. I mean, it's but you put in so much work, and you get there, and you work so hard to achieve. And it's like anything that you do, right? If if you're truly passionate about it, and you want to do these things, and you want to do well, you put in all this work and all this time, and you've you've cultivated this, and you're ready to go that you need it to tear you down. You need it to start you over and say, all right, you gave your best effort. You truly gave all your energy, you know, and then these things, you know, giving all your energy means you're not going to walk right for a couple of days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, man, we, uh, finished up the race and I, I, I'll never forget the guy walked up to me. He passed me probably about mile 16, just trotted right past me. Kind of a Cam Haynes looking fella. Um, I'm not saying it was him, but maybe, uh, <laughs> Man, I, I walked up. He came up to me at the the table, the aid table. He said, "Man, I I think you got like, I think you got top ten. You got seventh or eighth." 
And I said, you think so? He goes, well, I got six and I haven't seen too many other people come in. I said, well, man, that's outstanding. I was in no mood to be excited at the moment. You know, I was just kind of, uh, it was just kind of, you know, that, that post race kind of blur, just kind of like, give me a minute, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he said, well, if there's a Clydesdale division, you're going to win that one. He goes, man, you're pretty big to be running so well. So it, it makes me happy that people say that. Cause one, it's just a compliment, but, but the other side is that, man, I don't, I don't go out there for just leisure, right? I go out there for competition. Same as you, right? It's like, let's go out here and do the best we absolutely can. Because again, you, you work so hard to get to these things and, and do that. Um, anyway, we finished that race, man. And it was just, uh, it was great, man. I mean, the support from, from my wife on all of this has been outstanding. I mean, I think that the mail has done more for me in this. I mean, in the meal prepping, in the hey, what do you want to eat? Where do we want to go? Accommodating me by carrying a scale for me to eat the right amount of food in a purse whenever I'm going through a, a maintenance or a cut cycle. You know, I I can't say enough that it's imperative to have that relationship and that partnership because you have to have the backing. Same with you and Lane, right? You have to have somebody to support you in that because you can't do it by yourself unless you're by yourself, right? You Unless put up against the wall because she has to be understanding too. Um, Absolutely. And anybody getting into this, right? I mean, you have to you have to make sure that everybody's on board with it because it's tough to do alone. Um, but man, that's that's the that's my racing journey so far. You know, I had a a ten k that started it all after seventy five hard that me and my my buddy Kyle did seventy five hard together. We ran across the bridge in Galveston. I remember and, that. Yeah, race, yeah. And, you know, and I don't remember what I placed. I think I was top three in age division, but you know, it was the first run ever, and it was the furthest I'd ever run six miles at the time. And it was like, man, I I can't believe that. You know, and uh it, there was a time I ran 10 miles once and I couldn't walk for three days. Like, I mean, you know, and, and now it's like 10 miles, maybe a Saturday morning before I go work out or do a lift. Um, but it, it now I've, I've signed up for a race in April that I'm going to sucker you into, uh, the Brazos Bend 50 miler. Absolutely. I ran the Brazos Bend 50 last year. Um, I actually did the 100 K, so 61 yeah. miles out there. Um, very enjoyable race. I actually took third overall on that one that was a good time um like i got a text from you on that one too that's right yeah very flat um, yeah. fast race yeah you're capable to go out and really set a pr um but i'm i'm very excited because i've been waiting for you to kind of <laughs> find something in that next next range a little bit higher not that yeah. you had to but yeah uh, i know how you are with pushing yourself and the desire to just do more and see what you're capable of for so sure seeing that you've signed up for a 50 miler now is very exciting. I'm really thinking that somewhere in my training cycle, it might be a little early, but I'm probably going to do it because we've been talking about running a race together for, I don't know how long now. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's going to be the one to do it on, especially being the course that it is. It's going to be a battle. No doubt. It is. It is. <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited about it. We've also got uh, a handful of people that are going to do 75 hard with us starting the 16th. Um, if you're interested in that, shoot us a DM on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever that's at next line development. There's a little plug, but, um, <laughs> What we're going to do is the 75 hard will actually end on April 1st. So a group of us that are doing it, that make it to the end, are going to run a race of their choosing anywhere from 5, 10, 25, 50K awesome. on up to 50 miles, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be cool to be a part of that and obviously to have you there running too with it. Uh, that's going to be really, really fun. Um, and man, it's... I think, I think we'll have to make some kind of wager on that one. 
Whoever gets a better place, you know, we're going to find something from the backside of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know it's coming because. Oh, for sure. Even like today, we went out there and did that little <laughs> 5K run and we found ourselves, we were, we were going to take it easy, probably run like what, eight and a half minute pace or something like Maybe that. Maybe a nine I was planning, but yeah. I think we ended up running 740 because we yeah. ended up pushing each other the, yeah, whole, the yeah. whole time. Like so, nobody would say, hey, that's enough. Just let's keep going. So get to a hill and just power up it. But, know? you know, I think that, that that says a lot to this overall. You know, I mean, look at where our relationship started and uh, any relationship you have with other people that are enjoying running now. I mean, look at what it's become, right? You know, the days of us, you know, hanging out and, hey, let's meet up and go drink some beer. Now it's like, hey, let's let's go hang out and push each other. Let's go make each other better. You know, and it's, you know, if you like hanging out and drinking beer, that's fine. But, you know, this is this is now what I enjoy, you know, and there's a lot of people that may say, Hey, that's, that's not good for you or something like that. There's a lot of things that aren't good for you, but I'm never going to say you can ask any of my neighbors, you know, that that see me or know me. Like I'm never going to say no to a workout, even if I'm hurting or I'm just like, man, I really didn't want to, like you can probably twist my arm into getting you to work out with me pretty quick. And I'm, I'm sure same goes for here. You know, as soon as you find one of these neighbors around here, you know, it's a uh, gullible enough to fall for that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a couple of people I've talked to here, here and there, especially on the run side. But right. Yeah. I haven't found anybody quite as crazy as we are yet here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sure they're there. I just haven't ran across them. For sure. But yeah. It's, it's really cool to have that mindset shift. And it, it it's kind of like you talked about earlier, just once you get one aspect going, because we were always, I think both of us had kind of a knack for leadership and career wise, we were very driven, right. uh, pretty successful in the career. Yeah, you had obviously sure. elevated yourself pretty quick. Right. Um, and I had too, while I was there and, and seeing that in the career side grow, um, you almost think it's enough, right? I'm, I'm doing right. a lot here within this realm of things, right. but it's, uh, it's cool to see it whenever it starts to bleed into the other areas of your life, because it, turns right back around and just starts feeding the career side. And you said that you had a uh, comment made to you the other day about just how much your fitness and your dedication to what you do right. in your personal life really just has a positive impact overall in your work ethic, everything you're willing to do going yeah. above and beyond. So for sure, it's a really cool situation to be a part of. Um, and yeah. Then, it's a, it's an addictive culture. You know I mean? There's a lot of people that see what you're doing and you know, a lot of people are driven by that. They want a piece of that, you know, and they think, Hey, if I do this, that may help me too. You know, I mean, even, even something as simple as, I mean, look at the amount of people, I mean, in our, our close circle that have gone on Garmin, you know, or gone from Apple watch and gotten on Garmin, you know, and for those of y'all that don't know, right. I mean, you can see steps on Garmin, for instance, well, it becomes a thing where you're chasing each other, even if you don't say you are, but you're still pushing that other person to be better, you know, and it's, I do my best to stay on the top of that leaderboard every week, you know, oh, yeah. I, and, and whether y'all know it or not, I'm doing that, right. I'm making sure I'm doing that. But if you guys are trying to catch me, then inadvertently I'm making you be better, right. I'm making you get more steps, you know, and even, even people listening at home, if you're just now starting, you know, it's, I started for five months straight. I walked, I walked every single day. I mean, literally I walked every morning, three miles every morning. It would take me 45 minutes. I couldn't run a mile in better than probably 14 minutes when I started all this, now my best mile, maybe six minutes and 20 seconds, I think. So, you know, it's, it's a thing of, you may start walking slower than you ever imagined. It may take you 45 minutes to do two miles, but you, it'll get there, right? You're not going to take off running on the first day. You have to set that baseline. You have to know where you're at. And again, there's still days I walk, I walked all this week. You know I mean? It's, it's not a, it's not always, I got to run. It's, you know, it's, I just got to move. I got to get out there. But the, the meal, the meal and diet and the, the, the eating that I follow is called Renaissance periodization. It's, it was created by a guy named Nick Shaw. Um, 
and they had a they have a fitness challenge every year and it's actually called RP diet is they shorten it up um but they have a challenge every year and it was uh the the most lost lost weight uh, something like that effect so they actually said that the most the, the man and female that that both lost the most weight they had the most steps out of everybody because they interviewed them they said well the one guy get, would get like 17 something thousand a day and the woman would get just a little less than that so I made it my goal last year, uh, not all of the year, but most of the end of the year, um, to get 20,000 steps a day. So I would get 140,000 steps at least a week. And it would, if that means, hey, I'm done with my workout and I've got 2,000 to go, well, then I'm going to walk a mile real quick. Or I'm going to go run two miles real fast and try to get it get it knocked out. And if it's walking up and down the hallway in the middle of the night you know, before I go to bed, then that then so be it. And it seems excessive. But I wanted to achieve that goal. I wanted to be at 140 by the time of the weekend, by Sunday gets here. Um, actually, interestingly enough, I actually went to the CrossFit Games this, this past year uh, as a spectator, of course. They don't yeah. take ultra runners. Um, and while while there, you know, they had an option to, to do a spectator workout. You can sign up for these classes that they offer throughout the whole week. You know, because, again, it's, a, it's an entire week pretty much dedicated to fitness. It's you and 25,000 other people, like – enjoying watching people be in the best shape of their life celebrating fitness 100 percent. and so uh i actually was able to make it into one of the rp workouts i got to meet nick shaw the guy that created it but and i told him my success story he's like man can we get a picture together and you know and to me i i did that and i did the workout with with 19 other people that had signed up for it and i'll just go ahead and say i went ahead and won the workout but to me you know i put myself in that position to be able to do that you know i year after year i did crossfit for probably four years you know, but still ate whatever I wanted. And year over year, I watched CrossFit games on TV every year while eating pizza or doing something and thinking to myself, like, man, I, I could be there. I should go to that. I should do this. You know, I can CrossFit. And it's like, this is the first time ever that I was proud to be there in the shape that I'm in and think to myself, like, it feels good to be here. You know, like it's people can see that I put in the work, you know, as well, you know, obviously not CrossFit athletes, but the other people we were running the workout with, you know, it was, I think it was run a mile, row 2000 meters, run a mile, you know, and it was like, you had the option to wear the vest. Of course I chose the option, right? I'm going to, I'm going to showcase all I can. Um, but it was a, it was a moment that I had, you know, inadvertently had worked for, you know, I had been working out and put in the work. And I even think I ran like six miles that morning before that. And I was like, this is no problem. This is a piece of cake. Um, but you know, it's, it's things that, that you do repeatedly, you know, in the, the steps and making sure that you get those things and not cutting yourself short, not, not giving up at the first sign of adversity or the first speed bump in the road, things are going to happen. Things are going to come up, you know, but it's, it's getting up. It's, it's making sure that you're, you're getting in whatever goal you set for yourself. You know, my goal was to hit 200 miles last month running. I hit it, you know, even with some hindrances and, you know, it got cold, man, it got cold. And I told, I told my buddy Kyle, I said, man, mother nature's going to make me earn every one of these miles this year, this month, you know, and it was, but I got it, you know, it was like 200.4 miles, you know, but it was my goal to get there. And I made sure that I got there, you know, down to the last day, I think I had to run like 11 miles that day. So I split it up into two runs. Um, man, it's, it's exciting to motivate others to do things, even if you don't say anything to them at all. They just, you know, and I have another friend and she always says, you know, you don't have to speak of your successes because others will tell you about them. And, you know, and that's, that's a hundred percent true. You know, you don't have to talk about it and you know it as well as I do from somebody telling you your clothes look too big, which tells you you need to buy new clothes to somebody saying, Hey, you did great in that race. You know, I, I can't believe you can run so well, you know, and it's, uh, I, I will say that the, you know, the reading 
has really gone far for me. Uh, you know, I've gone as far as to ask the CEO of our company for book recommendations and, and shared ideas with him, or, you know, it gives you a little more to talk about too. You know, it's, it's something that you and I can sit around and discuss as opposed to just talking about what game we watched yesterday or something like that. You know, I think it gives you a little more content to what you talk about and a little better understanding of what's going on around you or how you treat others even, or, you know, a simple book that may just talk about nothing, just be anecdotes or something to that effect. Um, one book that I, I wanted to mention on here that I've been thinking a lot about was a book called Mind Gym. Um, man, it's just, it's a really easy read. It's a bunch of little short, you know, stories about athletes and coaches and things like that. But there was one quote in there that's always stuck with me. And I, man, I, I carried this quote with me through two races and it said, overprepare so you don't underperform. And I literally thought to myself the entire time I ran, you overprepared so you will not underperform. And I, I carried that the entire race. Anytime I would start to get down or, you know, my feet would cramp backwards. It was just like, okay, you prepared for this. Like, don't worry about that. You know, keep pushing. And, um, I encourage anybody that, that reads to check that book out. That's an easy one, but it's, it's definitely a book that, that helped me with some, just that one little bit of, of motivation, man. I carried that through a half marathon and a 50 K, you know, it just, honestly, to me, it was, you're out here for a reason and you're out here because you paid the dues to get here. So, so put it to work. Absolutely. And that's, that's a good quote. I'm going to take yeah. that one with me yeah. as well and use that. Um, and uh, you just talked about books. Uh, you talked about podcasts earlier, but that sparks a good question. Uh, in my opinion, being somebody that's so dedicated uh, and disciplined in your workouts and your efforts, motivation is a very fleeting thing. Um, it, it runs away from you. It's not something you have every day, but yep. the discipline is where it really counts and keeps you going. What are some different sources like that book and some of the podcasts you listen to? What are some of the things you consume to make sure that you keep your mindset of discipline and, and maybe motivate yourself along the way too? Well, you know, uh, obviously, man, I listen to some of the Andy Frisella broadcast. He has usually when he's interviewing somebody, it's usually pretty good. Also, Ed Milet. Ed Milet has been really big. Ed's great. Yeah, man, he's he's done a lot of good. There's a lot of good talks on that one. Um, man, I, I try to listen to some of the Jocko podcast um, when I have time. If I got a long road trip, I'll listen to him. But really, man, it's it's hard to say. I mean, honestly, there's not a lot that I need to to push me to that. You know, I mean, I listen to those guys if I'm if I'm feeling like it. But you know, you know as well as I do, running and listening to music that's that's not where I'm at anymore. You know, used to it was to drown it out. Now it's to I want to hear my breathing. I want to make sure my my step is right. Um, you know, for anybody who's getting started, I would I would say the Ed Milet podcast. You know, he interviews a lot of great people. The the one that comes to mind, honestly, is the one with Dabo Sweeney. That that interview is just incredible, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. that man, that Dabo Sweeney the interview he does with him and his culture and what he's done with that football program is just, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And I've, I've sent that one to other people and listened to it again. And similar to that one, I, the one I said earlier, the James Lawrence podcast, man, I, I listen, make a point to listen to that one every year, just at least once a year. If I'm on the road, I'm on a longer trip, probably today, I'll probably listen to it. You know, it's just, it's amazing what you're capable of. And you hear that. And for anybody who hasn't heard it, I challenge you to listen to it. There's even a documentary about it. If you search on Amazon or whatever uh, podcast you or platform you use, just look for iron cowboy. There's a movie like a documentary they made about it. And it's pretty much the same story, but you can see it all, man. It's, it's unbelievable what that guy was able to do. And I think he's still doing things of that nature, you know, kind of like a Goggins kind of story, you know, same thing for sure. Uh, push yourself beyond the limits, you know, of, what some people may say are crazy. Well, let them, let them call you that. That's fine. You know, it's, everybody's got to find their why, you know, it's, you've got to find your purpose. You've got to make your decision of what's hard. What's hard to you may not be hard to somebody else, but that's okay. You, you attack that. Right. 
And man, really the reading, I think that and those podcasts are the only things that I really, I use personally. I don't, I don't need a lot. I, I look at old pictures, you know, I have old pictures from, <laughs> and that that's my motivation. That's what keeps me disciplined. That's why, you know, I'm weighing food and that's why that, you know, I, that's why that sticks in my head. It's just, what are you eating? What are you doing? Why are you making these decisions? Because I'm not going to go back to that. I saw somebody on social media that I've been talking back and forth with, um, through next in line. They asked the question, what are the things that get you to the gym when you don't want to go? And I said exactly that thinking about how easy it will be to go back to being that person that I used to be that now Absolutely. looking back, I can't stand, Absolutely. you know, and that's, that's really cool. I'd, well, the first thing I asked you when I got to your house, where are your fat pictures? You know, yeah. it's like everybody's got them. You know, there's, there's, there's life moments you can't change whenever you were a bigger person and you shouldn't, you, you're not trying to change that, but you can correct it moving forward. Right. You can't change old pictures of, you know, engagement photos or something like that. I got them. They're on my wall too. And I look at them and think, Holy cow. Um, literally, no but intended, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's, there's things that you can't take back and you shouldn't want to take it back. Cause you learn from that, right? You learn that's not where you want to be. And that's what all this is. It's, it's all a learning lesson. And you know, and it's everything you do, you can take something away from it. If you can't take something away from it, then you didn't, then you didn't pay attention to what was going on. Um, you know, but, but right. You look back at those pictures, man, I see them and I can show them to people today. And there's people that have only known me for this amount of time. They've only known me as being in shape and they think, I can't imagine you like that. It's like, well, exactly. And I did everything I could to make sure that you, that you can't. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you said it best. I mean, you, you've got to be there. You've got to be in that situation to wear those shoes, to wear the oversized clothes yeah. and to be stressed about the person that you've become to springboard yourself into action Absolutely. to become this person. Absolutely. And, man, there's, there's so many people, if, if you're just starting out, if you're looking to get into this, just understand that. I mean, I know we talked about it at length earlier, but Every person that you see, the swole guy in the gym, the ultra marathon athlete out there doing crazy stuff, they've all been there. And what I mean by there is someplace they weren't happy being. Usually it's overweight. Usually it's eating too much, not having control of their diet, uh, drinking. Right. There's so many great success stories, and there's great people you can pull from. You talked about Ed yeah. Milet. I uh, talked about Andy Forsella, all these great people. Um, even mentioning Cam Haynes earlier. Right. Um, it's there's always a reason and a way to find the discipline within yourself. And and no matter what you consume, he, Chris Barnes is at a, a level and I'm kind of at a level two, like you mentioned with not running with music or podcasts or anything in our right. ears. We've, we found the discipline within ourselves, but if you're looking for that and you ever need resources, um, you can always reach out to me. I, I'll right. connect you with Chris too and, and get you the right avenues for that. Um, and man, I know we're getting a little bit far into this uh, and we need to probably wrap up here, but I do have a couple more questions for sure. you. Um, I usually ask these of everybody that comes on the podcast. And the first one is, I know we've talked about it back and forth a little bit, but if there was one thing that you wish you knew whenever you started this or right before you decided to start this, is there a piece of advice you could give somebody that's at the beginning of their journey or thinking about pulling the trigger on becoming the person that they want to be? What would you pass on to them right now? I would say find the balance and try to find it as early as you can. You know, it's, it's, I maybe dove in head first, hardcore right off the bat. You know, I was all in all the time. Can't do this. Can't do that. There are, there is a, a balance of work around, around that. And now I'm to the point now, but I wasn't comfortable enough to do that. At, and I'll make mine two part, you know, in that. And cause I talked about it earlier, but in atomic habits, right. He talks about, it's just creating that habit. 
create the habit. Don't burn yourself out. You don't want to go out the door and say, all right, I'm going to run a mile today. And you haven't ran in six years, right? You're not going to do anything but deflate yourself and just say, I give up and which a lot of people do. And I'm, I probably did it myself multiple times. You know, you get started hot and heavy. And next thing you know, you don't want to do it anymore because you've hurt something or you, you didn't think you were where you would want to be. You know, I have a friend of mine now that, uh, We've been, we've been texting quite a bit, been a friend of mine for probably over 10 years. And now he's getting into a point he's close to 40 and he's ready to get, get a change, right? He's ready to make something happen. And in discussing it with him, he said, I'm going to run a mile. I said, run a mile as best you can. If you have to walk, that's fine, but get you a baseline. If it's 12 minutes, if it's 15 minutes, whatever need be. So I I say, set that baseline. Whenever you go out, whatever you're going to start doing, if you decide I'm going to be the world's strongest man, that's fine but set yourself a baseline, right? Set yourself, know where you start. And that's something I didn't do. I didn't, I didn't set a baseline for, okay, I'm starting here. I just went in full headed. Like I've been doing CrossFit. I can do this. Well, I couldn't do this. You know, there was a lot of things I couldn't do. I knew the basics of working out. I understood lifting weights and, and functional movements, but I wasn't good at them. You know, I mean, it, I went from going to the gym and eating what I wanted to working out in my garage and trying to figure it out, you know, and it's, it's not the right path. You know, I would say if you, if you have people to lean on that are in the fitness world, then, then lean on them. You know, if you want to lean on yourself, you know, then, then reach out and lean on him. Um, you know, you don't, you don't have to do it alone. There's a lot of people that have done it before you and not everybody's plan is the same, but there are some people that have some really good advice, you know, and I, I had some people to lean on, but I didn't, but I didn't always lean on everybody that I should have, you know, and I was stubborn in that, that sense. But, you know, I, I'd say set your baseline and, and start your habit. You know, if, if, if your habit is putting on your shoes and walking around the block, then make that putting on your shoes the habit. As the book says, you know, Atomic Habits, it's make tying your shoes be the start of that habit and associate your brain with that. So, yeah. Absolutely. No, and I, I think that's a really good point. You talked about being stubborn. And one of the other things I see a lot of people, and myself included whenever I first started out in this space, it's really easy to become intimidated by those people that we see because you look at somebody that's doing all the things that you're doing and somebody wants to get there, but they're starting, like you said, at just coming off the couch or their diet's really bad. They're, they're in a spot where they don't feel like they can come to a person like you because it's so different guys understand that. Like we mentioned earlier, everyone's been at this point. They've been the beginner, the novice. And all you've got to do is ask the questions because nine times out of 10, the people that are, at a high level now, understand where you've been. They've been there themselves, and they're willing to help more than anybody else is. And, and honestly, just they're extremely happy to help sure. as well. Um, and, man, the second question I will throw at you, we've talked about it a little bit, but I want to get a little bit more in depth. I always ask, this is the Next in Line podcast, what is next in line for Chris Barnes? Man, I've got the uh, the race you know, in April. So I'll be, I'll be working towards that to make sure I win it. Um, second place is available Oh, okay. for anybody Just looking. Glad, glad to know. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'll yeah. put that on the website as well. Yeah, please, yeah. please yeah. do. Um, man, that's, that's the first thing I have in mind. Uh, I would like to try to knock out a hundred miles this year. I know you got a big one this year, so I can't let you have all the fun. Um, you know, I've, uh, kind of, kind of looking at, uh, business opportunities just in the way of, you know, in a fitness space in recovery, recovery areas, uh, you know, just what's out there. Yeah. I think, I think helping people in, in like what you're doing with this, you know, it's a thing of how do you reach those people? You know, what are our options to, to reach out and help everybody try to be the best version of themselves or, or go find what's next in line for them? You know, I, I, 
I kind of, I kind of get excited about that. I get excited when I get phone calls from people that work with me and say, Hey, what do I do here? What do I do there? And like, like you said, you know, it's, it's, there are so many people that are willing to help you and excited to help you. And it, it is intimidating, but you should never be intimidated by them because chances are they are more than happy to hear that you want to do that. And, you know, I mean, I, again, go back to how many people have bought Garmin because, you know, they see you running and they want to be a part of that. You know, they want to get involved with that or, you know, or you can sell it. And that's not a plug for Garmin. I just, you know, that's just what we're, we wear. We're not sponsored. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we're open to it. But. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, you, you see that and it, man, it motivates you so much. It motivates myself. You know, when people are like, Hey, I want to work out with you. I'm like, man, absolutely. Come get some, you know, and it's, I'm going to make it hard, but I'm going to make it in your wheelhouse. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you a workout that you paid for, which you're not having to pay. But, um, you know, I, I never turn, I don't think I've ever turned anybody away from, from coming to get some, um, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that, that motivates me. So finding, I guess kind of finding my voice and what I can do to help people get better. You know, now that I'm, I'm going on three years of this, you know, with, with being in shape and maintaining it and keeping it off. So no going back. So yeah. let's keep moving forward. Absolutely. Man, that's exciting. I'm excited yeah. to hear that you want to keep pushing the envelope, especially in the ultra running world. Um, I know every single race I've done has taught me just more and more and exposed yeah. me to more of what understanding what I'm capable for of, sure. I guess. So, man, that is cool. Um, well, you know that as you get ready for those races and everything else, if there's ever anything I can do to help out, um, we've got a good group that we run as a crew yeah. uh, that would probably love to work with you. We got a lot of mutual friends in that group. Yeah. Um, love to pace you, do whatever we can to support you. And man, Thank you for taking the time to drive all the way to yeah. Divine, Texas yeah. from Houston. Um, got to hit an awesome workout, yeah. have some great conversations. Had and lunch. Good lunch. Yeah, yeah. good lunch. Yeah. It's a small town with a big heart, I'll say. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, man, thank you so much for stopping in and just having this conversation with me and sharing some of your great knowledge and experience in the yeah, time. For sure. Uh, and man, if there's ever anything I can do, don't hesitate to reach out. But thank you, brother. Same to you. Thanks, man. Well, there you have it, guys. That was an awesome interview episode with the one and only Mr. Chris Barnes. I know I received a ton of value from that episode, and I'm hoping that you were able to as well. And if you did receive that value, guys, make sure you share the show with somebody who could also receive the same kind of value. That's the best way for us to grow. So take a screenshot, put it on your social media, let people know who's helping you through your personal development journey. Now, guys, in the same sense, if you're interested in 75 Hard, Use any of our social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, to shoot us a DM. Let us know that you want to be part of what we have going on on the 16th. I think we're even going to do a an event at the end of 75 Hard on April 1st. Um, probably the race that Chris and I talked about, the Brazos Bend 50. There's links all the way from 5K up to 50 miles. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone, no matter what level you're at. Don't be intimidated, guys. Jump in head first. Get ready to start your new year off on a good note and let us know what we can do to help you out. Guys, always be prepared for whatever is next in line.